Hello and welcome to another episode of the Nerdy Misfits Podcast where I'm Matt. And I'm Connor. And what are we talking about today, Connor? So today we're actually going to go a little bit off topic um, onto non-nerdy things potentially, but most they're, they're definitely still nerdy things, but maybe more less of what we are uh, majority spend our time doing and maybe go into a little bit more of our minority likes and dislikes. Okay, okay. Um, but to start things off... Um, Matt and I have actually started to get each other to read slash watch some more stuff. So we're going to go over a couple of things, kind of try and hold each other accountable, I guess, in a way on the podcast. So I guess we'll start with things Matt's borrowed slash is planning to do. Yeah. So last week or so, Connor gave me a bunch of Blu-rays of some anime seasons to give her a watch. Um, it being Assassination Classroom Season 1, Season 2, because I've never seen it. And then the Tokyo Ghoul Re Season 1 and Season 2. Is it class? I guess Part 1, Part 2? Yeah, the all of Tokyo Ghoul Re. Uh, Matt also took all of Tokyo Ghoul just to catch up. Obviously, Rude not being exactly accurate, but it's I'm sure he'll end up reading those sections to yeah, get I, himself. I do want to read Tokyo Ghoul as well. I think I might read Tokyo Ghoul before watching the anime. I'm not entirely sure, though. Definitely, I would, yeah, maybe recommend reading all of original tokyo ghoul and then you can go from there and then also he's borrowing one piece stampede which we realized he never watched yeah i thought i watched there was a couple of one piece movies i missed out on but i wasn't sure which one so yeah one of them being one piece the stampede movie so i'll be hoping watching that and then uh, we'll talk about in a future episode and then lastly is matt is actually going to be reading one piece or starting to reread or get back to reading one piece um we do plan on doing a one piece themed episode so matt's gonna probably start reading that and then once he's about the halfway point he is almost pretty much there anyways but once he kind of catches up and you know gets his memory (laughs) jogged of what everything that's going on i took um, a big break from one piece so yeah we're gonna be doing a one piece themed episode where it's kind of someone who's caught up and someone who's at the about the halfway a little over halfway point and we'll kind of see the how they kind of mirror and what the opinions are on certain things Try to make it not spoilery, but some yeah. parts might get spoiled. But in terms of just just to see the duality of like how Matt feels halfway and how I feel being caught up, I think it'd be an interesting episode if you guys are fans of that series or want to know if you should get into it. Yeah. And that being said, if there's any other topics or anything like that that you guys want to have us do theme style episodes similar to what we'll be doing with one piece let us know for sure and if there's anything you guys think that we should read or watch uh, let us know and we can let you know if we've seen it or not and if not, then we'll give it a go. And speaking of which, Connor, I, you gave me all the anime to watch, and I gave you some Marvel and DC graphic novels to read. So what did I give you? All right. So we have the Snyder and Capullo story, Batman Last Night on Earth. Which I know you're a big fan of that duo, especially so with... So excited to read that for sure. I'm probably going to leave that for last, honestly, just in case I don't like the other stuff, which I probably have a feeling I will like everything, so yeah. it's not really a concern. We have the all-new X-Men, Yesterday's X-Men. Yesterday's X-Men, so that takes place right after the Avengers vs. X-Men storyline and gives you, like, what happened next, That because everyone's frustrated with everything. All the juicy deets. <laughs> All the juicy deets. We got, <laughs> we got something that Matt's talked about a few times, which is Swamp Thing. Written by Scott Snyder, so you might like it. True, but, you know, it's still interesting. I've never read any of the Swamp, Swamp Thing stories, and obviously with how much you've talked about it, it has to at least be okay. Yeah, it has to be semi-interesting at least. And then we got Flash Rebirth. Excited to read. 
Yeah, Jeff Johns, so it's got to be a good read. And then we got Family Business for the Amazing Spider-Man. Which I I don't think you are familiar with that storyline. The artwork is really interesting in my opinion. Because it's, I don't want to say it's more realistic style. But it, it's very, it's clean. It's a clean drawn kind of style. And for those who aren't familiar with the storyline either without revealing anything... Um, but on the front cover of the graphic novel is a picture of Kingpin, which is the exact costume he's wearing in the Hawkeye show on Disney+. Plus. That's actually where they got the inspiration for his character design for that episode that he was in. Is based off that storyline. Fun fact. Yeah, super excited to look into that. And on top of that, I'm also started re-watching, I've mentioned this before, um, The Clone Wars. Yep. As well as at the current moment in time, Kenobi is going on. So I've been watching that as well. As have I. But yeah, I'm, uh, we're just using this as a way to hold ourselves accountable to the series that we're lending to one another so that we actually read them, actually watch them. Because sometimes you do get distracted. So it's definitely doing it on the podcast is a good way to keep, keep us, us accountable. Yeah. Keep us wanting to actually read those and watch those. But outside of all that, the other part of it, we, we just really want to just like almost catch up with you guys, catch up with each other, and talk about stuff that's not necessarily nerd culture specific i'm gonna say it it's more so not because for the most part we've definitely been talking star wars manga anime hardly yet actually really are at this point hardly any anime or manga related stuff but um comics superhero stuff so more it's more outside i'm gonna go on a limb here and say that it is still kind of nerdy some of the stuff yeah we're definitely gonna be mentioning a lot of nerdy things but it's gonna be more about who we are outside of those the things. podcast essentially of yeah of what we've discussed so far yeah for sure i thought yeah it could give the the audience a glimpse into who we are outside of those things because we've already done an origins episode that was episode three that was episode three yep of the podcast so if you guys have um if you guys have already listened to that episode then you'd be familiar with a little bit about us as friends how we met and mm-hmm. how we got into our comic books and manga anime expertise so yeah and if you haven't go check it out episode three and then come back come right back and come right back we'll be waiting for you so yeah so i guess uh do you want to start us off matt with something that you haven't mentioned that you're into yeah oh my gosh there's obviously a list i think we both have a bit of a list yeah but i'm gonna start it semi-small and just say some of my interests outside of all the nerdy stuff even though it's still kind of nerdy is board games over the last about couple years, probably since the beginning of the pandemic, to be honest, yeah, I think maybe just definitely before pandemic. That, um, my board game collection has quadrupled. Would you attribute that to um, the one friend we have? Because I know that he tried to have multiple board game nights. Would you say that that helped? Yeah, definitely. I think that was part of the thing of like, hey, we should do board games, and then we started. Him and I, even on the side, we started playing a lot more board games, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to grab some of my own board games. And there's a store in the next city over from us that has a board game store. And I've gone there a lot. Thankfully, You're a regular. I'm a regular, but not to the extent of them knowing my name, thankfully. Yeah, thankfully um, they have a big enough turnover rate of their employees. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah. So some of the board games that I'm big into is a company called T-Turtle. The T-Turtle Company. Um... They have a lot of merch. They have a lot of board games. Um, they have adorable art for Marvel, Always Star important. Wars. It's just cute. Like I don't want to say like chibi inspired, but kind of. Um, but they have really big games. Like Unstable Unicorns is a big one. Okay. Um, Wrong Party 
is a fun one. Another one I really like to play that I, unfortunately, haven't really played too much recently is a game called Here to Slay. It's almost like a D&D kind of inspired almost because you want to collect like different people, different cards regarding to a certain class. So you have like your bard, you have your druid and everything. Um, I've gotten both expansions for the game, which they're just small little add-on decks. So it's not like an extra entire game. Yeah, you're not going like crazy. Yeah. And then um, otherwise, I've played Gloomhaven a bunch, which for people who aren't familiar with it is an RPG in a box. It's an expensive game, but it's got about 96 scenarios plus all the added stuff you can add to your campaign. Um, it has minifigs that you can paint yourself, but it's an overall, it's a glamorous board game. Heckin' expensive. Um, worth I, it? Worth it, 100%. I've played it, I've begun to play a campaign like three or four times, and I always want to get back into it. I just really haven't had the time to. And my friend that owns Gloomhaven is unfortunately moving away in a couple months. <laughs> So I know I'm not going to be able to complete the campaign. So I'm going to be picking up my own version of it. There's uh, For Gloomhaven, there's an expansion called Forgotten Circles, which adds, I think, 20 scenarios and a new character. They have a prequel game called Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion, which is a smaller one. And the expansion just came out called Frosthaven, which Dang. takes place just north of where the first game took take, took place. Um, and, that, and then otherwise, I'm just probably next paycheck I'm going to pick it up, but it's a game called Hero Realm. Which is like a like a deck building style game. Okay. Okay. Which is just like fantasy based, nothing too crazy. Um, but Connor, what are some of your? Um, we'll go bounce. We'll bounce back and yeah, forth. Yeah, we can bounce back. So yeah. I guess I'll uh, piggyback on your RPG esque thing and just go and say this. This is actually just super nerdy, but Dungeons yeah. and Dragons. Um, I have a. I'm participating in a campaign with some of my friends. This is your first campaign, or you've done campaigns before? We've done campaigns. Yeah, we've had campaigns before. We're in, in one shots. And one chance, yeah. yeah. Yeah, But, um, so this one is, actually, Matt was potentially going to be part of it, but Matt can't commit. He's commitment issues. Sorry, ladies. <laughs> I have a very busy life, okay? Yeah. And we're going to leave it at that. We'll, we'll leave it at that. He has a busy life. But yeah, he couldn't commit, but he he he's welcome anytime to come in. Um, but yeah, so I'd say have that a weekly D&D campaign going on, that's hella nerdy but it is definitely super fun it's a good way to get out a lot of creativity i think as well what uh what character you what character have you created for this one without going into too much detail in case some of your fellow players are listening here um yeah so my character is a uh warlock sorcerer okay um they he it's very it's very edgy anime-esque kind of backstory but essentially he's a a um forgotten prince of a city um family died run a, ran away from home kind of thing to do his own thing um didn't really like his family the whole royalty being forced to be you know a good like royal he hated the idea of being a royal so um yeah that's kind of like the gist of it um i won't go too into it if if people want to we can have a more specific D&D, D&D focused one and we can talk more about it and see where my character's at right now in the campaign we are actually at my characters have returned to the city for the first time so we are currently in a very pivotal story moment it seems yeah like. very we're definitely in like my character's arc okay a big part of his arc but yeah that's that's just it's been super fun um the only thing <laughs> is um i didn't realize um how 
not strong i would feel at the current moment because we're not very high leveled and um i've already split in terms of sorcerer levels and um warlock levels so whereas other members of my campaign are starting to get some pretty cool stuff i'm just you know i'm lagging behind but it's it's definitely fun um i'm playing with a couple people who's their first time playing and they're also loving it which is great i feel like if everyone's enjoying it then that's all that really matters so and our um our DM's a friend, and he's def- it's his first time DMing a full game, but I think he's having a good time, too, and it's been great. That's good. Um, bouncing off of that, another thing I am big into, it's similar to like Gloomhaven where it's RPG in a box, but I also enjoy looking at different RPGs altogether, um, where recently they've released a Power Rangers RPG, so I've gone into that a bit without going into too much detail of that one, and then there's one that actually came out even more recent than that that I have yet to pick up called Marvel of the Multiverse. There's a Marvel RPG guide out there. I'm hoping to pick it up soon and just curious on how that's going to play and like what kind of characters and stuff or how easy it is to create a character, I should say. Yeah, it does feel like RPGs are becoming huge. With I think with the pandemic, that did help the sales at least. Oh, for sure. And I think just the popularity of like Dungeons and Dragons not being as like looked down as like this thing. It's like actually been... Stuff yeah. like Critical Role and other outlets have Even definitely... Stranger Things, I feel like, did a little bit to that. Have helped, I think, have made mm-hmm. a big impact on, like, the, um, kind of the stigma around it. And Speaking I think... of which, Stranger Things Season 4 is officially out. No, um, I haven't seen, I haven't seven, seen any of them. You haven't seen any? Really, eh? No. I've seen the first two and a half seasons. Haven't finished Season 3. I've heard, like, obviously I've heard all, all about it, not all the hype around it, but just never, I've never bothered to watch it. Don't know if I ever will, to be honest. No. It's just like one of those things where it's like, you know, like when you add something to your watch list and you're like, yeah, I'll watch it. Sits there for four years. Yeah. I feel like that's probably going to be Stranger Things for me. Maybe one day I'll just binge, binge through it. and just not say anything to anyone. I, I feel like that's like probably what's going to end up happening. I think this is the final season, so it's coming to an end. So. Well, then there you go. Maybe then uh, if, if people actually say it ends well, maybe I'll crank her out. Final episode's two and a half hours. So. I have watched worse shows that are longer. That's fair. <laughs> So, um, but, um, going off of you, um, so something a little less nerdy, I guess, for me, and we'll go on, is that I do actually watch some sports. Okay. Um, I'm Canadian, so I stereotypically watch hockey. (laughs) Um, I'm a Sabres fan, which, if you are unfamiliar with hockey, has been one of the worst teams in hockey for, like, a decade. So that's been great. Um, but thankfully, uh, my second favorite team is the Avalanche, who are actually on the up and up in terms of they are actually a good team. So it's nice to have that polarity <laughs> of the worst team. Like, I think uh, last year they may have won the President's Trophy and Buffalo was last place. So it's kind of like, you know, first and last place. Yeah, it's not bad. But um, NHL playoffs at the time are going on right now, which are super hype if you're a hockey fan. So that's uh, that's one of the big sports and then i'd say the other big sport i'm into is um soccer or football for europeans um and i'm a liverpool fan which also are relatively good team they're actually playing in the champions league final tomorrow as of recording this so i'll be watching that so that's exciting but um other than that those are definitely the two sports i follow the most um i casually watch baseball as a jays fan um and a bills fan for football but my dad is a much larger bills fan for american football and i would say that that's covers the most of sports other than like you know i'll catch like the olympics sometimes i'm really into volleyball but only because of haiku 
<laughs> so like so now i like to watch the the indoor volleyball games when when um they're like at sporting events like the the world cup of volleyball or um the olympic sports that's fair that's fair i on the other hand don't do sports not <laughs> uh, don't do sports I, it's not that i don't do sports i like i don't play sports but i also don't watch sports i don't remember the last time i've like sat down and watched a maybe that's un-canadian of me no, I wouldn't say that. It's just, you, know, you like what you like, right? Yeah. I just haven't, yeah, I haven't, yeah, I don't, honestly don't remember. I think, actually, no, I do recall. It was, this is super random. It was a couple months back. I went to a sandwich shop with a couple of my friends and women's curling was on the TV and we sat there for an hour and a half. I was actually part of the curling club at high school. Really? 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 Yeah. Um, but we, yeah, we sat there for an hour and a half watching curling, like women's curling. And I was so intrigued. Because I never, un- I still, I still barely understand curling. It just <laughs> yeah. seems like slide this puck, hit the other puck, hope it hits. Oh, the you'll have to go. Thing. You'll have to go out on the ice and actually play it. It's when you, it's, it's you have so uh, so much bigger appreciation for the sport after you actually try and, th- and, and fail. And at it. yeah, after you try and actually throw a rock, it's insane. Some of the shots that they make. That's so. Maybe, you know, maybe we'll make that a goal for us. Later this year when it gets cold out, we'll go to a, the curling club. We'll hit up the curling club, exactly. yeah. It could be a good time. Um, but yeah, outside of sports, because I don't do it, um, my background slash hobby slash what I enjoy is a lot of filmmaking and film watching outside of the anime and the MCU and stuff like that. Um, I'm a big fan of, like, documentaries a lot and understanding how certain movies were made, how they made certain special effects. Like, personally... When it comes to documentaries, another style of filmmaking I really enjoy is stop motion. I love, like, Ardman Studios. That's the company that did, like, Chicken Run. So you love tedious work. I love tedious work. <laughs> hey, Chicken Run, I don't know if it's still true, but Chicken Run is one of the most successful stop motion animation films of all time. Is it actually? It, uh, yeah. It, like, where it was sitting at $200 million, and then I think Nightmare Before Christmas only made, like, $77 million. Um, Yeah, but if Nightmare Before Christmas were to come out a relaunch, I think it would do really well. Oh, yeah. Which, by the way, um, based on that, I'm also a big reader. There is a novel sequel coming out to The Nightmare Before Christmas. No way. That's... Yeah, it comes out in a couple months. It's all about the pumpkin queen. It's all oh. Sally's story. Um, but we'll talk about books more in a bit there. Um, but yeah, like Docs. Um, musicals as well. One of my favorite musicals is Sweeney Todd, The Demon Barter of Fleet Street. And I think one of the reasons why I enjoy it is that it shouldn't. it really should not be a musical, considering it's about killing people and baking them into pies. Right, right. That's a little violent. But... The music's great. There's a song called Pretty Woman, and it's in the movie. It's done with Johnny Depp and Alan Rickman. Yep, Rest yep. in peace. Um, it's a great song. Great jam. And even, like, more recently on Netflix, there's a film called Tick, Tick, Boom. Yep, Which yep. is one of my favorite films of all time now with Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yep. Andrew Garfield is the main. It's the story of Jonathan Larson. So he was the gentleman that did Rent. That's what he's mostly known for. Um but a really great, I don't know, musicals, they just, they just hit different, you know? They're fun. They're fun. When the music's good too, they, you just, it's fun. I think, um, this actually ties into one of the things I have on my list, which is, um, pretty large Disney fan. Yeah. Um, huge Disney fans. Um, yeah, for sure. I definitely, and like, not that, you know, I guess Disney songs, Disney, like animated features definitely kind of are musicals in their own way. Not in the traditional sense per se, but I think that nothing is better than jamming out to a song with the homies you know exactly like i don't think there's ever been a there isn't too many times where if i've had some drinks that i don't 
you know, break out some Disney karaoke. What kind of Disney karaoke? What's your go-to Disney karaoke song? Honestly, it kind of depends on the mood. Um, the Lion, Lion King stuff is definitely a go-to. Like, Can't Wait to be King. Um, that's also because Lion King is one of my all-time favorite Disney fans. But, you know, crack out, crank out some uh, Little Mermaid. Um, any Phil Collins stuff also. Phil Collins. It's uh, fantastic. So, but yeah, it definitely depends on the mood and what Disney movies others have seen. Because sometimes I've noticed that some people aren't as big into Disney. So they only know certain... You don't want to bust out Brother Bear karaoke. Yeah, exactly. No some more niche ones aren't as um, known. So sometimes you have to go back to some of the classics. But I would say, yeah, I'm definitely a little bit of a Disney fanatic. And that. So uh, one of your favorite Disney movies, like animated Disney films. Or a um, top few. Top few. Um, just because of, like, I guess when I was growing up, I would definitely put probably Lion King, Little Mermaid is definitely up there. I really enjoyed Brother Bear. I feel like Brother Bear is a, it's a little bit more niche, but I definitely really liked it. Um, Frozen, I mean, you can say what you want about it in terms of overplayed of some of the songs, but it those songs slap, honestly. Like, they're fantastic. So Can't argue with that, though. But yeah, and Tangled. I think Tangled was really good too. Tangled's one of my favorites. It was pretty good. Loved it. And also has some bangers. <laughs> it does, honestly. <laughs> but I also think about Tangled too. Is you got like, um, like Flynn Rider, complete opposite of the traditional prince. Like, oh for sure, it's it, great. It just fit. I think Tangled was like, here's all your cliches when it comes to traditional Disney princess movies, and we're just not gonna do any of them. We're just gonna ignore except it. for a few, obviously, you know, um, as it is a Disney princess film. Yeah, the damsel in distress still. Exactly. <laughs> Jamming it out to her own songs, but yeah. But yeah, definitely in Tangled. There's some pretty good bangers in that as well. I feel like Tangled's underrated. I think Tangled might be underrated too, yeah. I think it's a little bit overshadowed at once uh, Frozen came out, because yeah. Frozen was so huge. But overall, like Tangled still holds strong for me, for sure. What's your uh, opinion on Encanto? I Have you watched Encanto? Yeah, I thought it was decent. Some of the newer stuff, like, I'm not as hardcore into, and I don't know if that's age or the fact that I don't have a child. I feel like if I had a child, like, you know, you'd be watching a lot more Disney movies and all those songs would be getting stuck in your head. But, yeah, I haven't been, like, super on top of the newer stuff as much as I would want to be or enjoying them as much as yeah. I would want to be either. That's fair. Um, outside of the whole film work and everything, I guess, I mean, it kind of goes hand in hand because I also enjoy seeing, like, book-to-movie adaptations. Right. But I am a big, like, novel collector, reader, so on and so forth. Like, I have a, an extensive novel collection at home. Is there a specific genre you're usually floating in, or is it just kind of... Probably, like, as a whole, just, like, the young adult fiction. Mm -hmm. I guess that's, like, a niche because that's kind of what, like, what got me into books originally. Um, but I read a lot of just pretty much like everything. Like I read a good amount of Stephen King, um, for you D and D and fantasy fans. I read a lot of R.A. Salvatore. For those who don't know, that is the gentleman behind the one and only, uh, Drizzt, who is one of the biggest characters in D and D lore. I think R.A. Salvatore is on book like 36 or something like that of Legend of Drizzt. Yeah, um, we just have a coworker that was insanely into those books. That's who got me into it. I'm not surprised. I have the four collector. I think we've talked about Berserk, but he was he was also yeah. the Berserk lad. Yeah, he was the Berserk lad. We're going to call him the Berserk lad. The Berserk. Um, but otherwise, like some of my favorite authors is like Mitch Album, who is more of an adult writer for like those, I don't want to say Christian fantasy, 
not Christian fantasy, sorry, the Christian Christian fiction. Okay. But he takes a lot of like elements of faith and puts it into a story. Which I find is it's very good and it's just a wholesome read. Like coming out of his books, I'm I always like am more grateful of life and like just understanding and That's everything. Fair. Um, but otherwise, like, John Green, big Jan John Green fan. I have one of his books signed at home. I'm, ex I'm pretty stoked about that. I listen to their podcasts and stuff, too. Um, but otherwise, one of the big writers that got me into reading novels originally is a gentleman named Eric Walters. He is a middle grade to young adult novel. He's Canadian. He's mm -hmm. either from Toronto or Mississauga area. He was literally, like, a grade 7, grade 8 teacher. And he wrote, like, a short story for his class to try and, like, fix any grammar errors and stuff. And then the kids wanted to know what happened next in the story. So he had to write more. And then he started writing more. And then That's a cool he kept story. writing and stuff. Yeah, he's a really cool guy. I met him twice. He used to be one of the authors that would go through, like, well, elementary schools. And, like, do, like, his speeches and stuff to kids. And then when I was in grade 8, there was a historic affair. Yeah. And I made it to, like, the second level, which was at the university. And he was the guest speaker. And my teacher at the time was one of the people that created the historic affair for that year. So she actually allowed me to go thank him on ah, behalf of awesome. the, the historic affair. So I was like Hype. super intense, but I was like, oh my God, this is one of my favorite like authors. Better or worse than me, like, the Green Ranger. <laughs> if, you okay. know, if you guys don't know, Matt, as you can probably tell by owning an, a, a Power Ranger RPG game, is a massive Power Ranger fan. I am a huge Power Ranger fan. Um, okay, so... Oof. This is rough. Okay, so I've met Eric Walters. I've met Jason David Frank, who plays Tommy Oliver, the the man, the myth, the legend inside the Power Power Ranger lore. The way I met him, though, wasn't necessarily... Like, it was just complete coincidence. I was literally working in, at my tourist job, and he came up to me for tickets, and then him and I just talked for, like, 15 minutes while his kid played in the attraction I was working at. And he was just telling me, like, how he was going, because it was Comic-Con that weekend for us. Yeah. So he was just like, just chatting me up or whatever. And then by the end of it, he's like, oh, did you want a picture, by the way? And I was like, whoa. Whew. I was like, yeah, 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 heck yeah. I don't know where that photo is, unfortunately. Wow, no idea, which sucks. But it was cool because I talked to him and he was a super nice guy. And he even talked about how, like, when he's at Comic-Cons, he doesn't ask for much. Because yeah, most people... he's just people, there for the fans. Right? Exactly. He's there for the fan. He's there for the fan service, you know, like $5, 10 $15 a ticket, or a ticket, like a photo or a signing, stuff like that. Because I know some people at Comic-Cons, like when I met Adam West, he was, I think, $55 to yeah, get a photo. Fan Expo, um, I got to meet Stan Lee, rest in peace. Um, Stan Lee was expensive. Oh, makes sense, because of how yeah. many people are going to want to meet him, Well, obviously. same thing with, like, Adam West, And it was right? Stephen Amell was another one. I think was 70 to $80. Sounds about right, yeah. But, yeah. they It's not cheap. You definitely have no. to pick people you want. Choose well on who you want to meet at Comic-Cons. But then it's like Dan Slott didn't charge any... Like, well, obviously he's a writer, so he's yeah, nowhere near. Different... But it was a massive line. You had yeah. to wait hours, but that was free. Yeah. Really depends who, what kind of people you want to go see when it comes to a comic con. But yeah, Eric Walters is one of my favorite authors. He has a couple controversial books, not per se to the extent like terrible or anything like that. But he has a book without going into too much detail. It's called We All Fall Down. That's about his the story he wrote in regards to what happened on September eleventh, two thousand one. Mm -hmm. But he does write a lot of like stylistic books where he becomes his character. So a book he wrote where about there's this girl in Africa. Eric Walters 
went on a plane, got to Africa for a bit, and like anything he writes about that book is what he saw. One of my favorite books he writes is called Between Heaven and Earth, and it's about a kid climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. Oh. So while Eric Walters was writing that, he was climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. So anything you see his characters see is what Eric Walters saw a lot of times. And if it was stuff that he was writing up, events that already happened, he interviewed people. He talked to people that went through it. So I don't want to say his books are like historical fiction, but I guess they kind of are in a way. They're like that bit of realism to them. Yeah, exactly. And you know that he went through it to understand his characters a lot, which I find is phenomenal style of writing. Yeah, I think that that's definitely interesting and makes you a little bit more unique in the sphere. Exactly. And he's Canadian as well, so that's just another bonus to me. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. Connor, anything? Uh... Uh, I guess uh, one big thing is um, I play a lot of games. Yeah. Video games. Um, uh, actually, recently I've been playing through, replaying through the Arkham series games. Nice, which... nice. Are you still in Arkham Asylum or whereabouts are you? I'm on Arkham City. I've been playing Arkham City now. Nice, nice. Um, which will probably take longer because of the more... Much more open world and being able to do what I want. But, um, yeah, I just decided to replay through them because, uh, you know, friends are busy. And if I don't, uh, a lot of the time it's like hopping on Discord. And if no one's there, I'll just kind of do my own thing. So I've decided to kind of play through some of the older single player games that I have in my Steam library. Um, I also play the degenerate games like League of Legends um, with with a lot of my friends. And uh, FIFA is another big one that I play a good amount of, but definitely, like, no specific genre I am super into specifically, but, like, you know, I just enjoy video games. I think it's a good escape. It's good. It's a fun way to get away from stuff for a bit, right? That's fair. That's fair. I didn't think about putting that on my list, to be honest, but I do play video games not as much as Connor in the slightest. I dabble in the video games. Nothing special. I'm... Very much just a common player of random things. Yeah, that's fair. So, like, Reese, like earlier this year I bought Animal Crossing for the first time. So I've been playing a lot of Animal that was, Crossing. Uh, that was my first Animal Crossing game, too. It's pretty fun, you know? Um, uh, it, was a little, it was a little too boring for me, I'm going to be honest. That's um, I think the, I, I think I can see the, the appeal. Yeah. But I think it's very grindy to get to that point. For that's some it's a good islands. time passer, though. For sure. Right. And Absolutely. then, um, obviously, more recently, the Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker oh, did you saga. Get yeah, I got, I got the. Yeah, I have that on my uh, to to buy list, like on my watch list to buy because it definitely looks unreal. It's super fun. You get to play through each movie, and there was like eight or nine DLC packs for characters. And if you pre-ordered it, you got a, a like like a physical Lego minifig of <laughs> Luke Skywalker drinking yeah. the blue milk. That's cool. Yeah, see, the, I've never played through a Lego game, but they always they do look like a lot of fun. The Lego games, I specifically recommend the first Lego Marvel. Yeah. That was big for when it came out, and that's definitely one of the most Well, they've done, like, everything now, right? They've done, like, Harry Potter. They have Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings Marvel. Ma- Marvel, DC, Pirates of the Caribbean. See, yeah, they're, they're all um, over the place. Recently, they did an Incredibles one <laughs> okay. a couple years back. I haven't played through it, so I don't know too much about that. I feel like, oh, they did, like, a Lego DC Supervillains one. They have, like, their Minecraft-style one, which is Lego Worlds, I think. So that's just more of just like your own world like building, and yeah. there's a story to it a little okay. bit too. Oh, yeah. and the Lego movies, obviously. Yeah, of course they, you got to do the Lego movies. Same and with the Lego, Lego game. Ninjago, they got their own as well. Yeah, they have definitely an extensive library, but definitely of a lot of genres that I'm yeah. a fan of. So I would definitely, 
have to give them a try. They're pretty cheap, too, depending on what you're playing them on. Yeah, the big thing is I have, um, and anyone else that's, like, a PC gamer will know this, that you have your massive Steam library of games you haven't played. Yeah. So, I actually have, I can't even remember what they're called, but they're, like, the Lord of the Rings-based games. Okay. Um, I can't remember what the, I think they're called Shadow, the one, Shadows Shadow of Mordor, Mordor, and then yeah. I can't remember what the other one's called. But I haven't actually played through those, so I'm like, maybe I'll finally play through those. That's fair. That's uh, fair. Some of the Assassin's Creed as well. Um, the other problem is, I I much enjoy playing games with friends, so I'm not the biggest single player game, you know, when it comes to like story games. Well, if usually, you ever a Lego game, I'll come over and we can play through them. Sure. Usually I get burnout. Like, um, the one of the reasons that I wanted to play through the Batman games again is uh, Arkham Knight. I was literally on the boss fight. And I just stopped playing. (laughs) So like, and I think, I can't remember, but I tried to go back to it. And after you haven't played a game like that for a while, like the mechanics wise, you're not as good. So then slip out of your mind a bit. So then it becomes infinitely harder. But since you're in that fight, it's so much, it's not easy to relearn them. So I was like, I'll just play through all of them and get, and actually beat it. Um, Same as Spider-Man. I actually never finished the sony like the playstation 4 spider-man oh game. no way i am on the doc ock fight which is the final fight pre-dlc so i will play through that game again too because i enjoyed the heck out of the spider-man game are you gonna be buying the second one when it comes out i don't know if it comes out for playstation 4 and playstation 5 yes if it's a playstation 5 exclusive i will have to wait until i get a playstation 5 that's fair, that's fair. but i definitely will say i bought when I got my PlayStation 4, the main reason was to play that game. Yeah, the new Spider-Man game. That's fair. And, yeah. I, um, yeah, it's just a bad trade I have. I get to, like, the end, but I just played so much of it. At that point, I actually start getting burned out of the game. That's fair. I and then when I go that. back to finally play, I'm at, like, the peak of the game in terms of, like... I'm not going to say it's super hard, but it's just, like, I'm too lazy to try and reteach myself the mechanics. And I'm like, I don't know. So that then I just sense. don't... So that's, that's one thing. And then I guess on top of this relates to gaming, but I'm also an, a, a big watcher of esports. I'm putting air quotes up. Um, like I watch the League of Legends competitive scene. I'm a big Cloud9 fan. I've gone to a live event before and the atmosphere is just as crazy as any NHL hockey game I've been to, which is insane to think about since you're watching other people play a video game. But I will say that the atmosphere is identical in terms of how insane the crowd is and that's it's probably the other thing i spend a lot of time doing is watching those when when those games are live that's fair that's fair something else that i'm into as well which kind of goes hand in hand which kind of makes sense with my background of filmmaking and novel collection and so on and so forth and rpg liking um is i'm big into creative writing so i do a lot of creative writing i used to write a lot of like poetry including slam poetry um, there's some videos in media and slam poetry somewhere on. Yeah, I like to call internet. I like to call Matt the Idea Man. He always like has crazy like the most creative and crazy ideas. Where you're like, excuse me, and you're like, wow, I'd be totally down to read that. And then he'll start, and then all of a sudden he's on to something else. <laughs> yeah, I can't even argue with that. It's a hundred percent true. I'm very much the Idea Man, where I'm like, all right, guys, these are the great ideas I have. This is what I want to do. This is my world. These are the characters I want to have and do what. And then he'll like be writing out and describing and writing out all of the world. And then all of a sudden I'll be like, oh man, how's that that story coming along? And be like, oh, I haven't done anything on it. (laughs) (laughs) 
I know exactly what you're talking <laughs> and about. And then he'll have a new idea. He'll be like, but I thought of this. <laughs> this is what I'm working on. Um, but yeah, I'm very much a person who loves world building and creating like fantasy worlds and just creating an elaborate story. Yeah, Matt, Matt, he hasn't mentioned it, but he has a very, I would say, good knowledge base in terms of different cultures and um, like religions and stuff. Matt is definitely spiritual. Very no- yeah. I'm a spiritual person. Yeah, and he's very knowledgeable on, on backgrounds like that. So he loves to bring that into his worlds as well, having like the complexities that go along with that. It's just a lot because after you put so much work into building a physical world and then personally I'll just get like a burnt out. I'm like, hey, I have the entire story figured out. It's just... I just have to write it now. I just got to write everything from point A to point B to get it to point... So to be fair, we actually have no idea how good Matt is at actually writing characters because we've never gotten to that point yet. Not that Connor knows of anyways. Not yet. Um, One day maybe we'll be able to support Matt and he'll have a story we can all read. Maybe, maybe. (laughs) Maybe in like 10 years from now. Um, but otherwise, outside of the world building, yeah, I used to write a lot of poetry. I write the occasional poetry now, but nothing too much as I used to. Slam poetry used to be my specialty. Yep, I remember that. I remember the slam poetry phase. Yeah. there I have written a couple, like, superhero-based slam poetry. Which were good. They're fun, yeah. I think I have two of them. I think they're both on my laptop here. Um, but otherwise, outside of creative writing, that kind of kind of concludes me almost. On I'd say the other big thing is we both enjoy coffee. Yep. Matt also is a big lover of tea. I'm a big tea and coffee. I think this kind of goes under a category of like, I don't want to say the term foodies. No, I would I say, don't like that I would term. say that coffee, it really is a hobby in terms yeah. of like when you get to a certain point of like. More than just using a basic metal brewer. Or a Keurig or something. Or a Keurig. And you're actually like taking the time to either make a French grind, press. Grind or your own pour beans. over understanding the different, I don't want to say format, that's not right. The different style of grind, different style, different to finer, you know, and what what difference it makes. Yeah, I think coffee becomes its own beast. Um, I know we each have an espresso machine. Yep, and that is its own entity. Uh, it is its own beast. It's like there's coffee, but then there's espresso, which is its own crazy world, and it's expensive. Yeah, coffee. You don't <laughs> think about it this hobby. way, but it can become an extremely expensive hobby. I agree. And even, like, outside of coffee, too, like, tea, like, growing up, I would just throw a tea bag in hot water and just let it steep beyond belief. Yeah. And nowadays, like, I have a tea timer at home, and I will not let certain teas <laughs> steep past, like, Are you paying minutes. attention to temperature, too? Yeah. A lot of the time, do I you, am. Do you have one of the, um, I have a thermometer that will literally, oh, okay. I will temp the water and everything Yeah, I was like gonna that. say, because people have, like, the temperature control, um... I'm not that fancy yet. The temperature control kettles that keep it at a specific temperature. Yeah, I'm not that fancy yet. I just have a regular not yet. Kettle. Do you have a um the like what's it called the gooseneck one the gooseneck uh for pour overs or are you just using a regular kettle? I just use a regular yeah. kettle for now. Yeah, um I do have like a couple pitchers that I'll use more for pour overs to get the slower pour. Is pour over either your usual method for your morning coffee or your at coffee? home? Yeah, we us- I usually do uh, pour overs. French press I don't mind, but it's too like grinds-esque for me yeah it feels like so you have to really have the dialed in properly yeah but french press is easier almost than pour over but that's 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 just my personal opinion that french press is easier but i do enjoy pour over more that's fair um but teas i really drink the only tea i don't really drink is the rooibos rubis whatever you want to call it yep and white teas which is white tea is just more uncommon nowadays but i'm a big like green tea black tea and herbal infused tea 
That's fair. And more loose leaf too. I enjoy my loose leaf and like having like that steeping instead of putting it in like like having a tea bag. Yeah, for sure. I've had loose leaf teas before and they've always been just felt like a higher quality usually. Obviously the price is also higher. Yeah, but, that's 100%. But it does feel like you are getting a lot more flavor and yeah. out of them. As long as you're steeping it properly. Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm a big tea fan. I'm more like just tea every now and then. That's right. Yeah, more of the... But I definitely enjoy cooking. I would yeah. say I'm a lot more into cooking than... I wish I cooked more than I yeah, usually I just do. Think, like it's... I think cooking is just... It's a fun hobby and it's... There's something really rewarding about making food, whether it's for yourself or even especially for other people when they like it. Yeah. It's uh, like putting the time and effort into making it instead of it just being like delivery or just like something you throw in the oven. Yeah, for sure. And you know, sometimes I will say like, you never realize you're like, oh yeah, I'll do this. It'll be simple. And then you like make something and it took you all day. Like I've done like home, like ravioli from scratch and stuff and you know, making like uh, the filling and everything. It, if you, it does take time, but some it, it definitely pays off. Um, I I do also have a sweet tooth, so I like. I'm not gonna say I like baking per se, but I've done some desserts. I would say okay. non baking desserts really like tiramisu, creme brulee. I guess you do put in the oven, but you know. Yeah, but I know I just meant like when I meant like I mean I just mean like frozen pizza. Oh yeah, for sure. I think when it comes to cooking, it's it's a skill that everyone should have for sure. But when you make food for other people and like they say they like it it's just like a yeah pretty awesome sense of accomplishment i guess i'm more of like an appetizer soup and salad kind of making soup person but don't get me wrong i love making like coarse meals like one of my favorite things to make is meatballs like oh i love using the ground beef i feel it. i like soup french meatballs. onion soup man yeah exactly i but love like, me my french onion just soup. making like vegetable stock like actually taking the time to like chop the veggies and like actually boil it to a proper temperature and flavor palette which is oh, always i'm great. a big fan of um for my stocks uh the vegetables i like to um actually roast them nice before before um making the sock that's good as well actually but yeah i'd say cooking is probably my biggest non-nerdy hobby that's a separate type of nerdism to be honest like there's people that are so into cooking oh yeah there's for channels sure. for that and social medias for cooking and everything like that and there's even nerds for cooking, too. Like, I do have a Star Wars cookbook at home that I do want to get into. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, no, for sure. I um, There's definitely a massive community for the for the cooking community, yeah. too. But, I yeah, I'd say that in terms of, like, you know, it's a skill that ascends the the hobby. You know, like, it's yeah. use, it, it's, it becomes more, right? Because you can do that to make food for a day. You can use that to make food for your family for a special occasion right 100 or like you said like there you can make your own pizza and then be like wow this was 10 times better than ordering making your own pizza is fun too like even it's, if you get like the base dough already and you just do the toppings and the sauce yourself sometimes it can be time consuming but once you get good at the prep work it, it will take a lot of that time down i will say that cooking your own food can be expensive yep and that's one of the reasons why i just buying stuff seems so much easier it's cheaper you know it just comes to you so it's convenient but i will say if you've never tried to cook there's a bunch of different cooking channels on like youtube and stuff like even i will watch like a lot of the recipes i use are from things like um binging with babish or joss weissman um or you know i'll just look something up and find something that catches my eye and then make it 
Um, actually, I'm, on my personal Instagram, I actually have some posts yeah, of different foods post. that I've made. I don't think I have any posts on my Instagram. My food, I'll change them maybe. But yeah, I, I would say that that's probably the most useful hobby I have. Uh, Diving well, coffee. Coffee's pretty useful. Coffee is actually very useful. Especially... Annoying though. as I'm not super in-depth into my whole coffee hobby. Um, mostly due to um, just family members aren't going to follow the same guide that I pers- it's just easier to make it as easy as possible for everyone who's going to use the espresso machine yeah because I don't want to have to make everyone weigh out the beans and do so I kind of have the machine currently locked um locked into a spot where it makes acceptable espresso but if I wanted to tinker I could definitely tinker and be more exact but that's more for the family um one day i would i would love to get my own like a more expensive grinder and really go into trying it but that it's not it's not it's not in the cards right now not right now i would say but it's useful in terms of it keeps me freaking awake (laughs) yes the the bean juice makes us go good good are you actually while while we're you know closing off here but talking about coffee are you a bigger fan of hot or cold coffees hot coffee hot coffee yeah, I think to drink it black at least. Yeah, I think hot coffee. I feel like you can get a well. I'm not gonna say like freshly brewed hot hot, but you know after you give it a set kind of thing. Obviously, I feel like flavor profile wise, you get a lot more from hot coffee. Mostly, it honestly depends on the roast because there's certain coffees that like certain roasts that I, I just prefer cold. Cold is like the hot. classic like the colder something is, the more flavors are um, lost. That's why like. When you look at certain beer companies, not going to say any in particular, but they tell you to have it at a certain temperature, it's because that probably doesn't taste good, but at that certain temperature, you don't notice any of the taste. And I feel like that is also pretty true with some coffee. I feel like a lot of worse coffees probably taste a lot better cold because you're not tasting it as much. I wouldn't necessarily worse coffees because, like, in my opinion, lighter roasts taste better as cold in comparison to hot. I feel like there's different flavor palettes for the lighter roasts that you can highlight in cold i think it depends personally i like cold but that's just because i hate sweating and hot and that's fair so i'm a big fan of the cold drinks i know that guy like could walk up to go to work and like i'll have like my mug and you could hear the ice cubes chattering in the chattering in my mug on my way down in the middle of winter yeah the middle of winter (laughs) gosh dang but you know it is what it is but other than that, guys, um, that's been a little bit more of an insight into Matt and I outside of the usual Nerds. nerd topics we've been talking about. Um, may, if you any of those interest you and you want to hear more about them or what we're doing, like in the D- Dungeons & Dragons campaign, for example, or any of what Matt might be working on in terms of his creative writing, feel free to ask and we can definitely talk about it in a in a future podcast episode. Yeah, and let us know what some of your hobbies and stuff are too if you're... Uh film junkie foodie. or foodie so on and so forth let us know what some kind of your favorite movies are what you guys enjoy to cook at home what your favorite roast to coffee is maybe we yeah. can find it where or your we favorite are. tea favorite tea so on and so forth you know um but yeah let us know if there's anything you guys want us to talk about in future episodes we can go more in depth like connor said and remember to always join our little misfit island we got going on here by checking us out on all of our social medias we got youtube we got twitter we got instagram And you can catch Connor and I right here on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Anchor for new episodes and content where we see you guys every Wednesday. Every Wednesday. 
And yeah, so in conclusion, I'm Matt. And I'm Connor. And we'll see you next Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs>